0: Welcome to the Seek Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Erin Falbo, your host for this season. Each week, we're sharing content that dives into the heart of the gospel, who God is, who we are, and what it means to live in relationship with him. We're excited to walk with you as you encounter the Lord. See 2023 a some noise. Let's go. a So good to be here with y'all. So good. Quick question, any Catholics here by chance tonight? (laughs) Even if you're not Catholic, you are very, very welcome. One of my earliest memories in church, I must have been seven years old, and I was the undisputed, lightweight, class clown of every grade I was in. After Mass had ended, I noticed that the pulpit mic was still on. So I made sure none of the the adults were watching what I was doing, but I snooped all the way up to the sanctuary. (laughs) And I was like, "Eh." pop my head over and I'm like, it's my time. (laughs) Got up to the mic and I was like, "Eh." (laughs) terrible, I know. Sackristen freaked out, radioed the choir director up in the loft. She's like, Bill, take the shot. I repeat, neutralize the target. Roger that, Jan. Memento Mori, buddy. What was I seeking as a little kid? I was obviously seeking attention. I wanted people to see me and accept me with my weirdness and all. As I grew a little bit older into my teenage years, my parents, God bless them, kept making me go to Mass every Sunday. What was I seeking there? Grow my relationship with God? Not really. I was looking for my future girlfriend. And honestly, it was a little bit difficult considering the median age was about 81. <laughs> I'd open the doors of that church and be like, Arr. all the grandmas, God bless them, Arr. Janice, look a young person. Excuse me, young man, do you wanna be a priest? Ill no, I like girls too much. I'm gonna share some Catholic pickup lines with you that never worked for me, so please use them at your own risk. Because they don't work. Number one, hi, my name is Peace, can I be with you? It's okay, it's all right. Number two, would you like to pray the rosary together? Because I'd like to be your joyful mystery for the next five decades. It's okay. All right, this one. A lot of people can relate. I don't have a job right now, and I live in my parents' basement, but I swear to you, I'm storing up treasure in heaven, and my mansion there is legit. The Bible says, give drink to the thirsty and food to the hungry, so how about I take you out to Chipotle this weekend? <laughs> and last but not least, this is the last-ditch effort. Girl. You must go to Latin Mass, because your form is extraordinary. (laughs) Yep. Needless to say, I stayed single for many years of my life. Ultimately, what was I seeking for as a teen? I wanted to know what made me unique. I wanted to love and be loved. High school continued and I eventually got accepted to my dream school of UCLA. Was Ca- <laughs> side, that's right. And I worked hard for that. I was a smart kid, 4.3 weighted GPA, 1420 out of a possible 1600, 1600 SAT score. And it's not because I'm Asian, it's because I'm intelligent. <laughs> Let's stop stereotyping. So what was I seeking at college? A higher education that would Pave the way for a great career and a stable adult life, sure. But my real game plan was to major in partying. Though I probably minored in it. But I had enough success in the secular sense. But what was ironic is what should have been some of the most young, dumb, carefree years of my life were marked with a problem. And I had a troubled conscience. I got involved in an emotionally unhealthy and toxic relationship got very physical, very fast. Everyone has their drug of choice, right? At that time in my life, mine happened to be porn and sex. And it's crazy because when I was pursuing these hedonistic lifestyle choices, I was seeking the good. The problem is I was missing the mark. St. Thomas Aquinas discusses this concept in great depth in his writing the Summa. Where essentially, he says, is that people don't choose to sin because it's just outrightly evil or morally problematic. It's because even in their sins, they perceive a good. So for instance, in hooking up with my girlfriend, I was drawn to her beauty. I wanted to express how I desire and care for her. But my body was making promises to her that my heart never made in the form of marital vows. And so ultimately, I was aiming for love, but falling short into lust. I was missing the mark. It didn't help that my friends and peers celebrated and patted me on the back for these kinds of decisions. What's ironic about that is your friends can truly make or break you. I don't know if you've discovered this in college already. You're the average of the top five people you hang out with, so the saying goes. Your friends can lead you into darkness, lead you into light, lead you to virtue or far away from it. So choose wisely. What exactly were the things I was seeking at that time in my life in university? I was seeking love, seeking happiness, I was seeking freedom. Unfortunately, what I was left with instead was fleeting pleasure followed by lasting emptiness, regret, and a lack of peace. Guys, we live in a really confusing time. We live in a culture that suffers from severe cognitive distortion. On one hand, we're told there is no objective truth. And on the other hand, we're told live your truth. What's crazy about this is, you know, that statement, there is no truth, even that statement just asserted a truth, even if it's an incorrect one. And what's just as deceptive is the viral saying, and perhaps you've seen it on your feeds as you're scrolling your social media. Live your truth. I'm living my truth. There are a lot of people in this world who are trying to redefine basic reality, basic right and wrong, which ultimately makes us the author of truth. But let's be honest. Have we ever gotten it wrong before? I I have. Living my truth turned out to be a lie, a beautiful letdown. And doing whatever I wanted, instead of what was objectively right, ultimately left me feeling more oppressed than empowered. I know of a young man who grew up in a household where his mother was very devout, his dad not so much. He was incredibly bright, but made a lot of bad decisions. He was seeking out love, but fell short in the promiscuity and got his girlfriend pregnant. He was seeking the truth but got mixed up in a cult called Manichaeanism. He was seeking the freedom to do whatever he wanted and yet the more and more he did that, the more and more imprisoned he was. As he walked through the city one day and heard the local bishop preaching, the truth that this bishop was speaking was literally luring his heart out of the darkness and the emptiness of his lifestyle. He once prayed one of the most ironic prayers of all time. God, Grant me chastity, just not yet, okay? As he sought greater freedom from his past, through prayer, community with virtuous friendships, through the sacraments of the church, he eventually became a priest, a bishop, one of the most influential theologians of all time, and a canonized saint. His name is Saint Augustine of Hippo. Legendary, absolutely legendary. St. Augustine had to seek beyond his desire for pleasure. He had to find deeper meaning for himself, beyond his sins. And this ultimately led him to God. What's universally evident for each and every one of us, no matter what age or life stage we are, is that we are all seeking something. The question is, what are you seeking and why and have you found it? Every one of us, whatever we are doing in life, from literally minute to minute, is motivated by something we are seeking. Imagine for a moment if I walked up to one of you students and proceeded to have kind of a socially awkward conversation. I'd be there, I'd be saying, hello, where do you go to school? I go to school here. Why do you go to school? Uh, so I can get a degree and... I don't know, get a job. Great. Why do you want to get a job? Uh, so I can make money and, like, move out of my parents' house. Fantastic. Why would you like to do that? Um, I want to be, like, independent and, you know, be able to provide for myself and, like, a family. Oh, so you want to get married. Why do you want to get married? Uh, because I want to be happy, I guess. Okay. And then what, what's next after that? Uh, I guess I'll keep working and, um, you know, hopefully leave, like, a positive mark in our world. And why is that important to you? Uh, I guess because, yeah, we should leave the world a better place than, you know, when we got here. Okay, great. And then what's next? Uh, uh, I guess I'll retire... And die peacefully. Can we stop having this conversation? You know, what's interesting about this process of questioning why we're doing what we're doing is in a way we can see that in our culture, even from a young age, we're programmed to always be living for the next big thing, right? The next life stage, the next big purchase, the next bucket list goal. But every time we arrive at the goal, it's like trying to catch water in our hands. And we're still not satisfied. And don't even get me started about how addicted we are as a society to our smartphones. I am guilty as charged, five, six, seven hours a day scrolling mindlessly, constant entertainment, constant comparison with posts that we see. Perfect bodies, perfect relationships, perfect lives that are photoshopped and filtered, but there's clearly something wrong only with us, right? Is it surprising that skyrocketing levels of anxiety, depression, mental illness, eating disorders coincide with the advent of social media platforms? Is it such a big surprise? Is it a surprise when we're programmed to constantly FOMO around the clock, fear of missing out? So we strive and we strive and we strive. We keep Trying to get more follows and more likes and more attention and get viral and become the next big thing. Everyone wants to be an influencer today. Everyone and their mama. But to influence people towards what? What what exactly do we want to influence them towards? To do what? To be what? If we're honest, we don't even know why we're posting what we're posting half the time. And honest to goodness, if we woke up tomorrow with a million followers, it wouldn't make our lives any better. It would give us more attention, but it would just heighten the uncertainty that we already experience, because we're all trying to figure it out. Raise your hand if anyone here has achieved a goal, and then the sober reality set in, and you ask the question, what's next? Anyone ever feel that way in this arena? Thank you for your honesty the most decorated Olympic swimmer of all time with 28 medal wins, Michael Phelps, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, recently shared in an interview, quote, I was always hungry, hungry, and I wanted more. I wanted to push myself really to see what my max was. After every Olympics, I think I fell into a major state of depression. Hmm. His pursuits, instead of fulfilling him, cost him heavily, and he shared that he teetered on the edge of nearly committing suicide. Wild. Because I thought, once again, it was supposed to be the end game. The end game that would finally fulfill him, and yet it was quite the opposite. Michael Phelps had to get help for his problem, and he realized he had to seek beyond his medals and his accomplishment to find the deeper meaning of why he was even here to begin with. Well, maybe it's money then, let's, let's chase the paper, right? Because that's what everyone else in our world is doing, and, and granted, we all need money to survive. But a lot of people equate money with happiness. A study done in 2010 by Nobel Peace Prize recipients Kahneman and Deaton found that while an annual income of $75,000 is life-changing, beyond that salary point, people were no happier with higher salaries. What? $75,000 makes you happy, can buy what you need, you can provide. Beyond that, the happiness didn't increase. Interesting. So maybe it's fame and notoriety, because everyone wants that too. And yet we hear story after story of celebrities whose lives are falling apart. They're in and out of drug rehab. They're on their third or fourth marriage. They live fast, die young, or never really mature with age. Leonardo DiCaprio? Bro, she's young enough to be your daughter. (laughs) Settle down. So it becomes evident that it's not seeking the achievements, the money, the fame, the sex, the notoriety, that we are actually and truly satisfied and fulfilled. So what? (laughs) What are we doing? What are we seeking for? Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, More torturous than anything is the human heart, beyond remedy. Who can understand it? And C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, If we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. We have infinite desires that no finite desire could ever fulfill. Brothers and sisters, what are you seeking? What are you honest to goodness chasing in life? What is motivating you when you get out of bed every morning? What are you looking for? My great hero, St. Jean Paul II, he said, quote, Man cannot live without love. He remains an incomprehensible being. His life is devoid of sense if love is not revealed to him. If he does not encounter love, he does not experience it and make it his own. He remains an incomprehensible being. Friends, this love and this truth that we've all been seeking has a name. His name is Jesus Christ, and it just so happens that he's been seeking you first. I wrote a spoken word poem many years ago called Shore to Shore, and I want to share it with you now. It goes like this. From L.A. to NYC, there's disbelief. The clock's ticking round and round, no rest for tired feet. 9 to 5, press repeat, office space, nice and neat. But desires of the heart back, space and delete. Y-O-Y, SOS sent through the email. And TikTok is looking like electronic jail. I photoshopped my identity and pasted on my page. I got so many friends, but I'm a bird in a cage. I'm not free to be me, because I don't know who that be. I look long in the mirror, I don't know who I see. Our celebrities on TV living in reality. They got the world's attention, but they live like TMZ. Hollywood, they hardly would know what's really true and good. Corrupting children's minds since the time they understood. Another soul, another dollar. Walking us like dog and collar. Who will stand up and fight in this ungodly hour? There's more from shore to shore than meets the human eye. -eye. It's the pearl of great price, it's Jesus living deep inside. So wake up, tie your laces, and leave the rat races. Chin up, back straight, sunlight beaming on your faces. The grace is given to you when you take the first step. Look down from the mountain and see what you left. Cause when you hop the fence over obstacles so dense and you mute the world's opinion and get back your common sense, and you learn how to breathe without the chronic leaves, sober up, tip the bottle, take the needle out your sleeve. You're worth a wait for marriage in our Lord's opinion. So many don't want commitment, but they want to get some. They wait in line at the club and treat sex like a joke. And no wonder in their minds they think true love is a hoax. Leave the metropolitan mediocrity mentality, it's all fantasy, until you drop to your knees. Pray the rosary beads, let Mother Mary intercede, help you quit the double life and be at peace in word and deed. Our Father who's in heaven full of mercy and compassion, whose love is manifested through his son's sorrowful passion. He waits on heaven's porch for the return of prodigal sons, but sends out his spirit on search and rescue missions always ready to forgive but says go and sin no more as he wipes away our tears and picks us up from dirt floors always ready to forgive but says go and sin no more as he wipes away our tears and picks us up from dirt floors there's more from shore to shore than meets the human eye -eye. it's the pearl of great price it's jesus living deep inside I said, there's more from shore to shore than meets the human eye. It's the pearl of great price. It's Jesus living deep inside. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, I'm so grateful that each of you are here. You're on a journey. I promise you, you are all seeking something. And for the rest of this week, you're going to have amazing speakers, amazing opportunities to ask that question without any distraction, what in the world am I seeking and why? I leave you with the words of our Lord who who said, asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knock and the door will be answered. God bless you. Love you much. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening, friends. To hear more content from speakers like this, join us for Seek 24 in St. Louis, January 1st through the 5th. Visit seek.focus.org to learn more.